0: So today's daf is Tedvav. We will end the first parak and begin the second parak today. And we start at the very bottom of Yuzal Arama's um, and the issue is that the mission says you can send all various types of things on yuntiv according to Babe Hillel um, if it's, as long as it's possible to use on yantiv, even if it's only theoretical but one of the things was QI shortness. so the tomorrow wants to figure out what can you use it for and don't say you can use it to sit on because then you're not wearing it because rabbinically, although that's biblically true rabbinically we say you can't do it even if it's at the bottom of ten cushions because of a concern that you'll sit directly on it and the little string will go on top of you and it'll be like wearing it so the Gemara says Ella, last word last uh, line in, on Yudala that's Ella Bezila. we're talking about a curtain you can use it as a curtain you won't wear it it won't touch your skin wonderful so there's not an of Hanab by Shatna it's just of wearing." But Ula said, why did they say vilon is tamay? Why don't they consider a curtain part of the house for other halachas, for halachas of tumah? Why is it considered a separate vessel? Um, because the attendant will warm himself. He'll stand by the curtain and he'll wrap himself in it according to Rashi. And he'll use it to warm himself. So it's not considered just a structural part of the house. And if that's true in terms of qualifying it as a vessel and being tamay, it should be a similar concern of using it for shotness because you'll come to wear it and warm yourself with it. And therefore, you shouldn't allow yourself to have a shotness curtain either. So the Gemara therefore says, on Dvava still trying to figure this out, um, it says, Elabit It must be that we're talking about very stiff, hard uh, type of a cloth, which is, um, which there are no loose uh, threads and uh, which we'll see in a minute, won't produce any warmth and therefore there is no concern that you will come, therefore there won't even be a rabbinic concern. You're back, You're back to sitting on it, but it's hard, and that's a good point because Tosus discusses this, and Rahi says it briefly, and thank you, and, to thank you, and Tosus discusses it at length, that if to actually wear something that's hard um, would not be allowed because that would be putting you in the uh, biblical category. But in terms of the rabbinic category, to sit on it, if it's a combination of sitting on it, which is anyway biblically permitted, and it's hard, and therefore there's not a concern that it will come to you know a string will go on you if a string will go on you it won't warm you and the idea of providing warmth is part of the definition of wearing something that it provides warmth then we will not we will not rabbinically restrict it like we like Rav of the son of Rav Yoshua said this um, this like uh, garment with this hard garment from the place of Narsh it's permissible um, to Rashi um, says not permissible to wear it's permissible to sit on it's shot in Is true, but it's hard and you're sitting on it and therefore it's permissible. Amara Papa Cesar Papa Ardalin Ain Bahamashum Kilayim what are Ardlins? So Raji says he has and he found in the Gaonic literature that it's basically a type of a uh, thing that you put at the heel of your foot or maybe it's not exactly clear insole? from whether it's an insole or it is underneath it, or actually on the outside you know they buy, that you can buy these like rubber things that you, yeah. that you tap yeah. at the bottom so it doesn't ruin but that would be even more obvious it sounds a little bit Raji's a little ambiguous but it sounds like even as an insole like, that you put by the heel of your foot but again it's hard and you're not wearing it although it's funny, like it's part of your clothing, but you're not wearing it. It's under your foot, and therefore it is um, permissible. Um, okay, uh, so where is it? line, because again, it is hard and something that's not on you but under you, and it's hard is not a problem. Amar um, Rava says, Rava, honey, de These little bundles of coins. You would like to have a little, you know, uh, a money um, money pouch, and the money pouch would be of, let's say, it would be of shotness. And what are you keeping in the money? You're keeping coins. And then you keep the money pouch, like, against your chest. So in that case, aim mm-hmm. there's no key line problem because, again, again, it's against your body. It doesn't provide any warmth. And this idea of providing warmth is uh, part of the definition of a clothing um, and of an issue shot oh, so um, of shotness. So if I to use it as a belt, it's certainly clothing not providing any warmth. It's integral part of my clothing. That's the problem. Yeah, so that's a good question. And that goes back to the point I said before, that Rashi says all this issue about being warm is... When we're dealing within the rabbinic area, when we're dealing with big, biblical like biblical key lines, something that you're actually wearing, really wearing, not something, you know, then it's not. Now, does that mean then we would it would be rabbinically palma? Then you're right, then maybe if you're really wearing it, it could be it's like a biblical issue. How much is warmth, you know, a important it's a very good question. How much is warmth an important characteristic of clothing when something is in this sort of ambiguous zone? But if something is real clothing, it doesn't matter. Right. It's a very it's a very good question, right? Raji is a little bit, Raji does this sort of deal around the issue, but they never get um, to like exactly being precise about that. Um, okay. Um, now the one says like this. Um, so if, it's, if you have coins in it, it's not, it's not a problem because even though it's against your chest and whatever, because of just, you know, the, uh, the fact that the coins keep it stiff, essentially it does not provide warmth. However, the Basrini, if you're keeping seeds in it, so then it's much more malleable, right? The whole pouch. And effectively it's not stiff anymore. Yesh that is a problem. Ravashiyama, either way it's not a problem, it's There's again the idea of warmth. Although it provides warmth, that's not the normal way you warm yourself with. So even though you keep it on, on your on your body, it's not there to provide warmth. So very interesting the centrality of this issue of defining something as clothing for providing warmth. But again, as Michael says and I'm part of supposed say, this is a leniency within something that is not functional normally as clothing. Something full functions normally as clothing we do not use this as an allowance. Okay now we go on. So that you're allowed to send shotness, because again if it's hard shotness, you can have some use for it. low sandal hamasumar. You cannot send a sandal that has that has nails in it that does like apparently not the nails are, are sticking out although there was a case with the nails sticking out. Um, but anyway that has like the that, that, that has you know nails around the edge. Sandalham ha my time alone why not because of the story what story so you should know the story mm-hmm. so so, if you, so when we learned however long ago it was we learned that there was a story that there was the Jews were hiding from the Romans in a cave and then they heard some sound and they thought it was the Romans and they all started running out of the cave and you know and like you know when they, 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 as they were trying to push each other out I mean this happens nowadays like at concerts right when these mobs try to leave soccer games right people get trampled to death so they were all running out of the cave and they got trampled to death and one of the reasons that led to the, to the, uh, to the people being hurt and killed was the fact that they were wearing these sandals which not just had nails but presumably the nails were coming out of the bottom and were type of like, well, like cleats okay, but metal cleats so, they said, okay, nobody can ever wear a sandal on again. So, a, why did you only say it on Shabbos and Yontif? So, Well, that's when the story occurred. Really, but like, there's no logic for Dr. Shabbos and Yontiv. I would say another reason is, it's like, you know, if you just told somebody in general not to wear it, who's going to listen to you? But if you say not to do something on Shabbos and Yontiv, there's a million things you can't do on Shabbos and Yontiv. So, this is part of the list. It's like they said, like, you know, uh, we're, we're about to come up to the sewer period. Right, so, Moshe, so... So, they, so somebody asked her motion, like, can you listen to recorded music on, on, during the sphira? So he said, no he said well like you know why not I mean it's only recorded I mean what's the problem he says look I don't think you can listen to recorded music the whole year but nobody <laughs> listens to me that.' <laughs> alright so here too at least we'll listen if you tell us on Shabbat and Yantiv not to do it so that's why so therefore you don't send it because it has no use Amar <laughs> you can't wear it but it's not mukta if you can find something to do with it like scratch your back or something that's okay okay um, you can't wear it because of the story. Um, but you can move it because the mission says you don't send it as a gift. was actually moktsa. Would you have to tell me you can't send it as a gift? So it's not Moksa You can have some use for it. It's just the said you're not allowed to wear it. Now, of course, if that's all, that's true. You're not allowed to wear it. and You can have other uses for it. Why can't you send it? I'm sure the same way that you can find some use for an un-sewn-up garment and for a piece of shotness, you could find some use for this type of a thing. But, as going to be clear later, it's not, this is forbidden because, not just because there's no use for it, but because if you send it as a gift, somebody will assume, oh, you sent it to me as a gift. That means I can wear it. And therefore you'll come to wear it. So this they did not let you, let you send as a gift. Okay? Now, not a, not a shoe that is not sewn, that the leather is not against, sewn against the, uh, the base pshita obvious there's no use for it even though it is um naki rashi, rashi has two explanations but one is basically let me just check rashi here uh where's Rashi right it's it's like it's it's the little pegs that are keeping the leather attached to the base but it's not really sewn up so therefore you might say oh temporarily I can wear it let's face it this really has no legitimate use even not if it's white like the leather has not yet been pant- been uh, been blacked brass- Blackened. It's okay once it's, the leather has been blackened, but not when it's still white, because it requires like the uh, blackening uh, putty to, to uh, you know, rub into it. Even if it's black, it's still forbidden, because it has to be shined, it's not yet complete. So the if says, they don't really debate. Each one goes according to the way the shoes were in his place. The In the place of one of them, the flesh part was below, meaning the skin, the, the leather that you're using, is it the part of the leather that was facing the, uh, the, the flesh of the animal or part of the leather that was facing the outside of the animal? So in, and the difference is that um, if it's the part that was facing the flesh, apparently it's more cracked and it's more, um, and, it, you know, they're, they're just more crevices, and therefore it's not really usable, it's not really presentable, until you shine it. So in one place, uh, the flesh part was, was the one that went against your skin, and therefore it did not require as much shining to be usable, because it was the skin part that was on the outside. In the other person's place, the part of the leather that was, that was, that was adjacent to the skin of the animal was facing on the, was facing on the outside, was facing above, and then, therefore, it had more cracks and crevices, and it wasn't wearable until you would shine. Here it lot, we get the Exactly. <laughs> so the principle is anything that you could theoretically use on Yantsev is something you could send as a gift. <laughs> says the Gemara Roshachus, Sharulahul Rabbanu, Shaduri just let the rabbis, the rabbinic students, send Tzilin on Yantsev. Interesting. Sounds like the like the rabbis means rabbinic students, but like all of us it sounds like there was like this practice of doing it. Anyway, now we are gonna obviously ask the question, what can you use tefillin for? So Amalei so Abaye said to him, anything that you can benefit from it on yont if you can or so you can send it. So you can't use tefillin on yantov. So says no. This is how to read it. Koshin Osimbo Bchol Mishalkinoso Biyomtov. The question is what do the words beyomtov modify? Is it koshin e osimbo misha m beyomtov mishalchinoso? What's the language in the Mishnah? It's himbo byomtov mishalchinoso or koshin osimbo beyomtov mishalchinoso. Okay. Of course, let's face it, that's <laughs> a very hard read. Because of course we're talking about Yantov. You don't need Yontev to modify Mishalchinoso. Anyway, that's how Rav Yosef is. Reading it. That really, even if you can't use it on Yantiv, even if it's only mm-hmm. theoretically, usable the shape, it's theoretically usable on the weekday, which of course then raises the question of the Sandom Asumer. So mm-hmm. let's take a look. So, so Rajkin <laughs> doesn't discuss the Sandom Asumer. Interestingly, the Gemara does not. And they basically say the problem of the Sandom Asumer is not that you just can't use it on Yantiv, but if that you send it on Yantiv, the people will come to assume that they can wear it. So, um, and that's the problem. Whereas if you send tefillin on Yontes, either A, everybody knows you're not allowed to wear tefillin on (laughs) Yontes, we're not concerned about that, or B, if you do wear it, this is an interesting point, you don't transgress anything. And this is a fascinating idea. We say tefillin in Shabbos is says mant tefillin. But let's say you do wear trillin and shabasanyas. Have I done anything wrong? Like what exactly have I violated? So Rashing says, is interesting say you would do more of a violation to transgress the rabbinic wearing of a sandal musumar than to wear Shabbos tl- and Shabbosanyatev, where it's not, it's not a trillin, but you didn't actually violate anything by doing it, which is a fascinating idea. Okay? So therefore, yes, in theory you could have sent the Sandal musumar, not that we were afraid that you would come I guess, to wear I guess, it. Right? So apparently you're right. Apparently mean, according to this you could send a since you could find, you know, as long as it weren't like that, that's the question. I mean, is that considered Tzarkh Kufo, Tzarkh etc.? But it's a very good point. I mean, it's very strange. It's a broad uh, expansion of what the Mishnah allows. Um, so let's take a look. Um, and it does raise other questions, as we said, because normally you're not allowed to do a Kenyan on Shabbos and Yantav except for the sake of, like, uh, four Shabbos and Yontav itself. So, you know, how could you even do a Kenyan on it? Um, but, yeah, it's quite fascinating. So let's see what the Gemara says. The Gemara moves on. So Amr Abai says Abai. See, abai himself who asked the question, maybe he didn't like the answer. So he said, Let's move on. Tillin <laughs> name you know since we're done about Tillin, let's talk about something else. I don't really enjoy this conversation, let's talk about something else. So um the Tillin Baro show. You are coming in the way and you happen to be wearing Tillin the uh, and if the sunset, and what's the big deal? So either it's a weekday and therefore it's a problem about wearing fillin at night, or um, the way Rashi says it, it's uh, Friday. Afternoon, and now it's Shabbos, and you're not supposed to wear trillin on Shabbos. You put your hand over them, you don't have to take them off, because if you take them off, maybe you'll drop them. If it's a weekday, if it's Shabbos, you'll be carrying them. Obviously, you can't take them off, so cover them so it's not obvious you're wearing trillin at night or on Shabbos. Wait till you get home. Um, no, you embarrassed about though? No, you don't mislead people about the idea of wearing Shabbos at night or on trillin on Shabbos or at night. Now, let's say you understand. Study are, which is out in the fields and it was you were wearing tefillin. The shakalav cham. I'm sorry, it's a good line. The uh, yom. See the difference between shakalav cham and kiddush shallav yom. So it says it's the second case we're talking about Shabbos, and that became Shabbos. So in addition to the problem of wearing at night, it's wearing on Shabbos, and the prohibition of care and you can't carry it, and you still have to get it home. You don't want to leave it out in the field of the base medrash. So same idea, you cover it, so you're wearing it. So although it's uh, you know it's not true that something that you wear necessarily means you're not carrying, um, like if you wear a key around your uh, neck, you know, like they have those key belts and whatever, so it has to actually function as a garment. The fact that it's being worn as opposed to being carried, wearing is a way of carrying. Um, it has to actually be a garment to not be a problem of carrying, although you could argue that it's still in the garment, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, but the point is that it's certainly not the derech to carry something by wearing it, so at least it puts it in the most things, so at least it puts it in the rabbinic category. So they let you continue to wear it, and it's even though you're carrying it, it's not nor- a normal thing that's worn at night um, it's re- they allow you to not worry about that rabbinic thing in order to get it to a place of safety and, <laughs> and, and even though of course 19 what? 19 because it's out in the middle field Nobody, the doors aren't locked nobody's here to protect it okay so um, so that's what you do you're allowed to wear it home even though you, it's not Shabbos not to and even though um, you know it's a, actually it's a form of rabbinic carrying because you're not it's not a normal thing to be wearing now they let you do it to get it to a place of safety so the Gemara says like this uh, um, hi, uh, okay, so my says like this. Uh, where are we? Uh, but, so now we have a brighter that says the same scenario but has a different position about mm-hmm. it. You can do the same thing, but you get to the house that's closest to the wall of the city. Meaning, you're going to bring it into the city environs, but you can't get it all the way to your house. Or, if you're in the uh, study hall, you get it to the first house, like a private house, that they'll keep watch over it, but not again that you're able to bring it all the way home. So what's the story in these scenarios? can you bring it all the way home or did you have to drop it off at the first house so the Gemara says it's not difficult had mintura, had if, if it will be protected in the first house that you get to then you leave it there if it won't be protected you bring it all the way home so the Gemara says one minute you mintera if it's not in a state where it would be protected. So my yo Varrosha, why are we only allowing it if it was all, you were already wearing it? Even if the were lying on the ground, if they're in a the state of not being protected, we let you put them on and wear it as a way of getting it to your house on Shabbos Da, we taught in the mission Shabbos hamote Hammoin. Rashi pointed out it's not hamotzi. It's hamotze You find fillin' machnies and zug, zug You can bring them in one pair at a time. You put them on and you wear them and you get them into the house. So if we're talking that the problem here is that the tefillin are really in a place of not being protected, why would we give the scenario you are already wearing them? We allow you to put them on on Shabbos and not be concerned about wearing tefillin on Shabbos and not be concerned that it's like a rabbinic form of carrying. We let you do it to protect the fillin. So why? So make up your mind. If it's not protected, then even if you aren't wearing it. That's and if it is protected and you're wearing it, why are you able to bring it all the way to your home? So the Gemara says, low Here's the difference: had the mitzvah machmas Gandhi machmas Kalbi, or some of the just a low mitzvah machmas Kalbi? We'll read it that way; it's a little more understandable. When is it that we allow you to take it off of the ground and to wear it and to get it home? That, if it's exposed to all types of dangers, the oven, dogs, any type of thing. So then, flying on the ground, you put it, you wear it, you bring it home. You can you, you wear it home the case that we're talking about that we're only give you latitude if it actually is um, you're already wearing it is when it is when it's not exposed to dogs like it's in the base medrash it's not exposed to dogs but you know the base medrash isn't locked and none of them could still get into the base medrash so in that case maybe I would say look you gotta love this line most God, most robbers are Jews. <laughs> I assume it means most robbers in that area or something. I don't know. It's such a, such a bizarre line. Anyway, therefore, if somebody is going to get into the base manager, he's probably Jewish. And in good form, Jewish Ghana won't steal the tefillin. So I don't have to, or even if he steals the tefillin, he won't mistreat them right so okay I'll lose my tefillin but the tefillin in terms of the kedush of the tefillin will be respected you'll treat the tefillin properly so maybe I don't have any latitude maybe I have to leave it here because you know because it's not really protecting the caduce of the tefillin Kamash Milan, that no you're allowed to continue wearing it but actually put it on if it was Shabbos and they were in a place that your only concern was that they would be stolen but if they'd be stolen they'd be stolen by Jews and treated properly we won't let you put it on in order to get it to your house but if you're already wearing it in that scenario, we'll let you to continue to wear it. So there's you know, three cases. The there's so three I mean, cases. I'm going to tell you, there's three cases. One case is where it's just exposed, and if you don't do something, the dogs will get to it and whatever. Then you can wear it, put it on, wear it, and get it to the house. Second case is the is that... Yeah, no, you know, you sure. Whatever, yeah, your house. The second case is, is that... It's only a concern of Jewish Ganovin, which won't mistreat it. In that case, you can't actually put it on if you're not already wearing it, but if you're already wearing it, you can wear it and you can bring it. You could bring it home. You could bring it to the first... Uh, you could bring it all the way home. And in the third case, you're already wearing it, but it's, you're not really afraid about it being exposed to any type of a danger, and then we let you bring it only to the first house. Okay. How do you lock That was the end of that, of the first parent. Yes. I'm sorry, what? So no, no, you don't. Okay, so now you? I'm not talking about this anymore. We no. have limited time. I'm not talking about it. We're starting the next paragraph. Okay, so um, so now we move on from that paragraph which had a lot of muksa, but interestingly got into, as you saw, a lot not only a lot of other buttons about Yanteth, but some very important questions about which Doreis some Malachas can be done on Yanteth. And now we turn... To this parak which starts us on really quite new topic um, and uh, a very interesting one and again there's so much of this of Mesechus Beita that all debates of Deitelbeit Shammai let's take a look Yuntiv shechalios Erev Shabbos okay Yontav falls out on Erev Shabbos so this is a one day Yuntiv, like you're talking about Eretz Israel so it's a Friday you cannot at the outset like just cook, cook on Friday Yontav for the sake of Shabbos but you can cook for Yontav and leftover food that you cooked on yuntiv, you can use on Shabbos. Now you might think that the idea of this mission is like with a wink and a nod. Cook a lot for yuntiv, wink, wink, and if there's leftover, use it for Shabbos. But the Gemara is actually going to say no. You cannot do it at harama. You cannot do it as a trick. It's only if you, if you, if you very genuinely were trying to prepare for yuntiv, then you can benefit. But you can't pretend that you need a lot in order to be left over. So if you really want to for Shabbos, the idea is not to hope that there will be leftovers, but to do a eruv tavshilin, which is the next line. The osit tavshilin eruv yuntav. Here is what you really can do: you can cook a dish on eruv yuntav, with and rely on it for Shabbos to continue cooking on Shabbos on Yuntiv for the sake of Shabbos. Since the idea is what well, you cooked eruv yuntav was for the sake of Shabbos the Erev Tav Shilin is for the sake of Shabbos it's considered like you began your Shabbos preparations on Thursday Erev Yontav and therefore you can finish them up on Yontav and that's how Erev Tav Shilin works because it's not Mithila it's not you're just starting to cook on Yontav for Shabbos you already started on Erev Yontav <laughs> now why is that what's the logic we'll see in the Gemara but let's first before we get to the logic let's see the debate of Eitelbeck Shammai um, now, how much do you have to cook? Bichami says two separate cooked dishes, and Beitol says one cooked dish. How we get to our matzah and our egg, we'll talk about so it. To um, it mean two, can it be like two kinds of rice, or uh, to be like, Well, you know, let's so? take. A, we'll take. We'll talk, We'll see what we we'll get to the They agree. If you have like a fish in batter. Shem 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 Shilin. would was that I'll consider the fish one and the egg with the batter two. So Bechami is a little flexible in how to consider the second one. Tempura. Okay, what? Tempura. I'm, I'm sorry? Tempura. 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 Oh, right, yes. Um, oh, I thought I was saying some Hebrew word I didn't say. Oh, well, Oshavad. Oh, if you ate the air Shem or got lost, even though you made it erev yuntif, once it no longer exists, slow Then right now it's now yuntif, and you're trying, and you want to cook. Ah, oh, I made it erev Yantiv. Doesn't matter. In order to continue cooking, in order to cook now for Shabbos, the erev still has to be around. hear me menu koshu some of the Shabbos. But even even a little bit of the erev is still left over, then you can continue cooking on yuntif for the sake of Shabbos. So so there's an interesting thing of two or one. But the more interesting thing is why is it that just as you started on Erev Yantav. Can you continue cooking on for Shabbat? So let's take a look. Minani Mili where does this come from? the verse says now everybody says we're not really learning it from the verse this whole thing is rabbinic but let's take a look it's an asmach remember Shabbos keep it holy remember it because you'll come to forget it now what does it mean you'll come to forget it so the Rashi and Ran have an interesting debate what this means Rashi means you'll come to forget it because we're so focused on the Simchus Yantav and all the cooking that we're doing on Yantav and that you're allowed to cook on Yantav that we're just going to not bother preparing much for Shabbos and we're just Going to do all of our cooking for Yantif, and that's why we'll come to forget it. So, you make something on Erev Yantif to remind you, comes Yantif, that you still have that you that Shabbos is still coming up. When you made Arab it was to make like a Shabbos, so you remember, oh, yeah, well you, there's still Shabbos coming, we still have to prepare for Shabbos. So, you're just going to forget about it because you're so involved in Yuntif. The Ron says, No, the reason you're going to forget about it is because of the prohibition of Yantif. Since you're not allowed to cook from Yuntif to Shabbos, you'll forget about Shabbos in the practical sense, not like you'll forget about it but you'll come not to prepare for it because you'll be restricted in what you're allowed to do on yontas. So there has to be a way we're talking that's just wait. There has to be a way that we are going to give you some latitude. So again, for the Rashi, the point is, you make the Erev so you don't forget about Shabbos. And this is actually going to reflect the two opinions we're going to see in the Gemara of how the Erev functions. Rashi just says, you get caught up in Yantif and forget about Shabbos. And the Ran says, you'll forget about it because you won't be able to cook for Shabbos because of the prohibitions of Yantif. So we need some solution to re- remember Shabbos and to give us the allowance to cook for Shabbos. And that solution is the for Shabbos. Now, my time now the gemara gets to okay. How does that translate into what the how the erev actually functions? Um, so, Rav. Um, so my time. I'm a Today she give her money yafli and money yafli yantav. So that's sort of like reflecting. how Rashi explained the idea of forgetting yantav. You will really forget to prepare for Shabbos. So therefore, if you set something aside on erev yantav, then you will remember come yantav that oh yes, I have to make sure that I set aside and I have a nice meal for Shabbos as well the doing of the Erev Tershila and Erev reminds you when it comes to to prepare for Shabbos now what you are saying to yourself is uh, okay what does that have to do with allowing me to cook it's reminding me to prepare and the way the Ron even asks the question further is he says look What's going to happen? The purpose of demanding that I make an Eretz Shulim is to remember comes Yontem that I prepare for Shabbos. Let's say I forgot to make an Eretz Shulim. Right? So I forgot to have Shabbos in mind and of Yanta. Then comes Yontem. What's the consequence? I can't prepare for Shabbos. So it actually it makes it even worse the whole point was to ensure I could, that, that, that I would be have to do something for Shabbos. So it says, yes, but the, as the way the run says it is, better that this yantav, you should be penalized and not be able to prepare for Shabbos so that next yuntiv you make sure that if you want to prepare for Shabbos, you're keeping it in mind from the outset. So basically, it works the opposite. It's not like we need something to allow you to cook on yontav. Really, in principle, the way this would be framed, you're allowed to cook from yantav to Shabbos. But... We're afraid you'll be sloppy, you won't do what's necessary, you'll forget about Shabbos. So, in order to ensure you keep Shabbos in mind, we're going to forbid you to cook from Yantus to Shabbos unless you've done something on Erev Yantus to remind you about the importance of Shabbos. Okay, yes exactly <laughs> exactly do it so you take care of it before it so the whole idea here is not like we normally think it's not as the way the way this, the, the debate is framed by the Rishonim is it for covered Shabbos or is it for covered Yontif so the issue here is or is not that you need something to allow cooking from Yontif to Shabbos no that's anyway allowed but in order to force you to remember Shabbos on Yontif we're going to forbid you to cook on Yontif for Shabbos unless you've done something Arab Yontif to remind you about Shabbos and to begin the preparations of Shabbos. One minute. That's the position of Ravah. Okay? Now, Ravashiyam, or Ravashiyam, says a much more logical thing. Today, sheyomru, enopim yomtev v'Shabbos. Kabachomim yomtev said, No, we want to do this because if we don't do this, people will think oh, yantav isn't important, you can cook from yantav to shabbos, and then they'll start cooking from yantav even to a weekday, so to, uh, to underscore the importance of yantav that it's not so easy to cook on yantav to, to the next day we only will allow you to cook on yantav to shabbos if you're not really starting to cook on yantavis. or shabbos, you're just finishing up what you did <laughs> yesterday so according to him, and that's much more logical there's fundamentally a problem of cooking from yantav to shabbos, or if you could say there's certainly a problem of cooking yontav to so it's not going to be easy to cook from Yom to the next day, from Yom to Shabbos, to, and the only way we will allow it is in a framework that you're not really at the outset doing so it. You're just wrapping up something you began earlier. So this is framed that we do it Lakover Yom Tov, as opposed to doing it Lakover Shabbos. Yes. So this is my question. So you know, what about Hanu the Did you think it was a Raisa? We're sort of forgetting about that because here, part the first portion of the line. He's saying it really is okay, but Rava said it's like meat Raisa. You yom shishi you know, but a whole cannot be made. Mm-hmm. but Yantu cannot be made from the job so what do you do about that? yeah so Tosus, it's a very good question Satosis so discusses it earlier and a little bit if I remember correctly a little ironically Tosa says that that has to do something that's all it's lack it, it exists in the world and all it's missing is preparation that's not in the category of Darabo. so it's a little ironic because all parts of this Eishet um so here, I'll read you Tosos. A good question. Tosos on Beis The and just listen. Oh, that's another issue that. So there's other ways of dealing with it. But you should be very happy to know that Tosa's asked your question. It's a very good I question. Like yes. is, is having like your, your egg and your matzah it's, that a, it's, your it's a reminder. It's like a string around your fingers. Not that that itself is the money yefe. It reminds you, yes. No. Okay. So that's the two explanations. One is they both say that obviously biblically you have to be allowed to cook from yunts to the Shabbos, because some they're healing won't allow something that's biblically to be forbidden. Okay? But according to the first approach, it's that we make it forbidden unless you take care of this. And the purpose of taking that's like a fine, a punishment, and the purpose of taking care of this is a reminder to make good food for Shabbos. And the other approach is no, this it's fundamentally problematic, although technically allowed, to cook from yant to Shabbos, and to make it more permanent mitzvah we have to do it in the framework of finishing up the cooking that you did for your air of Tarshilin ok so now the Gemara says like this um, so the Gemara says like this Tanan our mission says <laughs> you have to make it Erev Yontav so again according to Ravashi why do you have to make Erev Tav an an Erev because all whole idea is to emphasize that it's, it's a cooking that has to have begun beforehand you can't fundamentally designate Yontav to cook for Shabbos you can just be wrapping up what you did on El Erev Yontav according to Rav why would you have to do it on Erev a food nami, even if you made an ayatoshio and i on you're doing something to remind you it's yontive, yes, and I'm going to remember that I have to prepare for that I have to set aside food for Shabbat in principle you're right since it's only to remind you to set aside food for Shabbos you could make an Eretzav Shilin on Yontav the only reason not is, is that you'll be negligent Once, if, you don't, if you're allowed to wait till yuntiv begins in order to make it you'll forget about it and then comes yunta and you'll forget about it as well the whole problem here is that you'll get caught up in yuntiv and forget about preparing for Shabbos so in order to force you to remember it goes into your list of pre yuntiv preparations ok then you're still stuck. You you no, you're not allowed to. Right. No, we've never heard that anybody allows an air-to-show an amyonte. So there's a lot of things that we force you to do, you know, with, with, very, with counterproductive consequences, but that gets you in the right mindset. That has the larger larger benefit. Okay. And the author of the Brights uses the following verse as the basis. There you go. There's your Hachana, the cook what you're, Bake what you're going to bake. Cook what you're going to cook. You can only continue baking on things that you've begun baking before. Shabbos. And you'll continue cooking on, on things you began cooking before. And here's where they use the support, the basis of the idea of but again a continuing of cooking seeming to be along the lines of Ravashi. The fact that it mentions baked and cooked is going to lead to our idea of a matzah and an egg seeing baking and cooking as different things. We'll worry about that later. Let's end with the following nice little agadita. Tanarabana, a Rabbi's talk because we just mentioned Rabbi Eliezer and you are going to have a Rabbi Eliezer there was a story. The Rabbi yezer was giving a drasha, was giving a shear on yantav and was going on and on and on and on. He was giving a shear on yantav Okay, It was the halachos of yantav The first group started looking at their watches, and they and they snuck out. Whatever at ten a.m. Amru, hello, bali patasin. So he said, ah, those people are, uh, are people with huge barrels of wine. They have to go home because they have a lot of food that they're going to that, that, that they have to eat. They're very indulgent. Kasshniya, the second group then then snuck off. Amar, hello, Ah, these are people with barrels, not large barrels. You know, they got big, they, they they got they got big appetites. They've got a lot of food that they're running home to. Kaschmiyusis, the third group, Amr Halalubali kadim. They're people of like uh, pitchers, okay? So you know they have a meal, not a huge meal, but they're still leaving. They're still running after their food. Kadrevius, the fourth group, Amar halali bali leginim, which are I don't know some smaller types of a of a, of a, of, a, of a you know of, of a vessel. Kaschamiyusis, the fifth group, Amar halali bali so uh, cups they have cups of wine waiting for them the six here we do going on and on okay people are getting hungry these are the people of curse now that's pretty much harsher than earlier so Rashi says yeah because he's afraid like nobody's going to be left in the day <laughs> now the uh, has an interesting expression he says they're cursed because like they're losing out both ways they didn't stay for the whole year but they're going home so late they're not going to get a good meal so they're like well, they're losing out in both Directions. Okay. So he said he started looking at his students, like, uh, with presumably not a, not a nice look. He starting, they started like, you know, so the only people left in the base medrash, like the tibor was there, but the only people left were the students. So they started, like, their, their, their face started changing colors. They started thinking, now he's going to be angry at us he said to them I'm not angry at you when I say they're meir or whatever these people that are leaving they're the ones I've got a problem with they're leaving a eternal life and they are and and, and you know they're, they're more focused on their food and on the opportunity to learn Torah on the regular doesn't mean when they died when they left and finally the year was finally over then then he said to them eat delicacies and drink sweet drinks and send gifts to someone who has nothing prepared for him today is sanctified for our God that's by in this story by Ezra talking anyway so you so now it's time to eat now you can enjoy your food okay so you wait until the show is over exactly exactly do not do not be distressed the joy of God is your strength. Presumably, Torah. Don't be dis- presumably, he's reading he, he, the implication, I think the subject, he's reading the verse. Don't be distressed that you didn't get a big meal because ultimately you're being supported by the joy of Torah. But now you can go home and enjoy your Yantav meal. Okay. Now that's quite fascinating. So that he doesn't want people to be eating, he wants people to be staying in the base Medrash all of Yantav. So, Amar Mar, let's look at this. Shemimichim Olam Voskim Ha! Simchus Yontav mitzvah he! what is he giving people a hard time that they're going home to eat? Simchus Yontav is a mitzvah! Rabbi Eliezer he goes according to just reasoning that whether to translate simcha in the context of physical pleasure and is a you know is a is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is optional no. to time. we talk to Rabbi Eliezer what you should do on make a choice Ella spend the whole day eating and drinking or sit and learn it's all or nothing okay there's two ways of having simcha Torah and food and make your choice so the people that left early presume his only problem was was that if you were wanted to be eating you shouldn't have to come to the Shear in the first place. You either spend the whole time at home or come to the Shear and stay in the Shear but don't come to the Shear and then leave in the middle. It's a great pun right there. Mm. I was wondering about that too. Rabbi Yoshua Omer does the same as debate and Rabbi Yoshua says okay you know he's more reasonable people are not all one or all the other. Some people want the little Torah but also want to enjoy a nice meal. LaShem you can have simcha both in the spiritual they are in the physical sense. Amra Byochan Vishne and they both learn from one verse. If a holy convocation to God. Because of echodomer, atseres telachem, it's for you. Hakate said, how do you reconcile it? Is it for you, dedicated to you or dedicated to God? Hakate said, Rabbi Lieshaver, Okulalashem, Lachem, either all to God or all to you. Rebi Yoshua Saver, okay, of half and half. By the way, it's quite fascinating because you remember. From Sukkah, that it was Rabbi Eliezer that said that, you know, that don't leave their houses in the Redo and their mekayim you know, so you shouldn't be going and visiting your Rebbe in the Redo you should be staying at home and being with your wife. And here he's saying, stay at home but spend all the time in the of Medrash so I'm not exactly clear about that because there he really emphasizes the, the the you know the more Lachem aspect of it okay so now we're going to see besides that there was a fascinating just discussion about Yantav and Simchas Yantav a tie into Eres so the Gemara says what does it mean give send gifts to one who has nothing prepared for him <laughs> oh, somebody of Chizit, let make an answer so he's not going to have any food on Shabbos because he can't cook on the end of the Shabbos. So him, you have to give your gifts, you know, send send uh, portions of food to him. Some say, No. It meant somebody didn't have a chance to put down an Ev and He was very busy right before Shabbos. Him, we can have Rahmanasan and give him some our food. Somebody who had an opportunity, and didn't, He's negligent, and maybe we don't have, we shouldn't have Rahmanasan, and we shouldn't even send him food on Yanten, which is quite fascinating. We'll get to that whole idea of relying on an error that the Rav made, etc. One last line. My the joy of God is your strength. God says to the Jewish people, benign my children, alive Borrow against me that alive the keys you could do and devote the money to make it a sanctified day to, to have a beautiful yontes, buy food. Even if you have to borrow money, the me have trust in me. God is your strength. and I will and I will pay and I will I will pay up for you. I will pay your debts. Okay? And that's so, again, the idea of how much we have to invest for Simchat Yom Tov. We will continue with this tomorrow.